0: Hello and welcome, friends, to this week's edition of Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg, right here on your community radio station. We are here at Forward Radio 106.5 FM, live broadcasting to you from here in the historic Hayburn building. We also podcast and you can catch our live streams online anywhere you are this holiday season. Maybe you're traveling around for the holidays. You can still tune in your favorite community radio station wherever you go at forwardradio.org and catch up on our archived podcast programs there. Maybe share them with others. If If you love what you're hearing Uh, and also it is the season of giving and we rely on you putting a little something under the tree for us here at Forward Radio. You can go anytime to forwardradio.org, click donate and help sustain us throughout this season and throughout the new year. Uh, We rely entirely on listener contributions and it only takes $20 a day to keep this station running. And that's because of all the volunteer power. People like me taking their time out of their day to come in and make programming and help run the station. So if you want to volunteer with us, you can click on participate at forwardradio.org. But what we do each week here on Sustainability Now is bring in folks from around the community who are doing the good work of sustainability to share what they're doing with us. And sometimes I'm making new friends on this program. And sometimes, like today, I get to bring old friends into the studio with me. People have been thinking a long time, I should get that person on the show with me. And Nick Johnson is one of those people. Welcome to the studio, Nick. Hi, Justin. So good to have you here in front of me in person. He is program manager for the Louisville Sustainability Council, but that's not where I first met you, right? I've definitely heard the show, but not been on it, so I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <Yeah>. But uh, <laughs>
1: Justin's right. We go way back to my U of L days. U of L days? I don't want to say how long. Sierra, back, Club, days. Sierra yeah. Club days? Sierra yeah. Club days. Lots of good
0: plugs. Yeah, exactly. And Nick's a Louisville native who left and came back, right? And when did you start getting involved in the Sustainability Council? I first involved in around the
1: 2015 16 era when we had the first iteration of the Solar Over Louisville program. Oh yeah, we're going to talk more about that today we'll dive too. Into. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Uh, I first got involved before it was even a concept, <laughs> way back in the 2010 uh, when we had a Leadership Louisville Bingham Fellows group that got together leaders from around the community to focus on greening the city, right? And and one thing that we all knew coming into it was, geez, there's already a lot happening in sustainability in Louisville, right? Uh, and the question for us. was, was how can we unite these efforts, better coordinate these efforts, facilitate communication across these networks of sustainability. You know, you got things happening in the nonprofit world, in the government world, in the university world, in the private sector, right? And that's that's what LSC does, right?
1: Yeah, we like to think of ourselves as an umbrella organization. Yeah. And like you said, there's so many different great groups and individuals doing great work, but they're not always talking to each other. And sometimes that work's being duplicated right. or siloed. And we want to enable that conversation and bridge those divides and bring our resources to bear in a collective manner, have that collective impact.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's also pretty, you know, small group of staff, right? But supported by a strong board. Definitely. We've got a working board that we couldn't function without. Yeah.
1: Boards are so important to nonprofits <laughs> and all of our volunteers, supporters, and board members are a huge part of the work that we do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I bet it's been exciting to dive into this organization. And we're going to talk more about what the Louisville Sustainability Council does in a minute. At home, though, you can play along by going to louisvillesustainabilitycouncil dot org. Individuals can join the organization, right?
1: Yeah, we have lots of ways to get involved. We're always seeking volunteers, donors, contributors, sponsors, partners. We can talk about the ways to get involved later. Best thing to do is go on the website and sign up for our email so you can see all those ways that people can be involved. Um, If their organization wants to be part of it, like you mentioned, uh, nonprofits, businesses, and government, we have a space at the table for everybody.
0: Yeah, that's what I love about it. Uh, it's It's a great convening. But before we dive into LSC, you know, it is the holiday season, and I thought it might be fun, Nick, to have just a little... Conversation about some ways we like to green up our holidays, right? So I don't know, you could tell me like the way you celebrate this season, but for me, I always am frustrated by what seems to be going on in the broader society around this time of year, which is like an orgy of consumption, right? <laughs> like it's through the roof. There's so much, <laughs> right? And, and everyone is expected to buy a lot of things and consume a lot of things. And go a lot of places. And go a lot of places. Places, right and it just feels very stressful first of all and expensive and damaging to the planet right definitely i want to hear some of your tips since you're
1: such an expert on traveling <laughs> around with a low carbon footprint i'd
0: like to hear how you do that well i tell you what i'm gonna do this year so my family likes every other year to do sort of a destination holiday so this year there's a plan to meet up in texas Not that we have any family there or anything, but just that's like a warm place they wanted to meet up. Me, I love winter. Like I'm all about, let's go to the snow. Occasionally we do that. But this year we're meeting up in Texas and I'm going to not fly because flying is super unpleasant. Uh, Who wants to like, have to take their shoes and belts off and like not be able to take any liquids or food on the plane and, and be in a sardine can and then there's all the delays and you get stuck in like Yo, I wasn't going to this city and suddenly you're stuck there because your connection to like all that garbage and the huge carbon footprint right of flying so I avoid it at every cost I'm not going to claim to be a hundred percent purist never flown in my life I served in the Peace Corps we flew to Paraguay right so. <laughs> it's happened, but on occasions like this, I choose to just take the time to get there a little slower and plan to actually enjoy the process of getting there. Now, some might say, oh, that's super privileged. Like You you have more time than others. Well, I I don't know. Maybe there's an argument to be made about that. But I think staying grounded and staying on the ground is a wonderful thing to do during these holiday seasons and to try and travel in a way that is more pleasant. So I'm going to hop on the bus right here on Muhammad Ali, take the Miller bus, straight shot over to St. Louis. And it's the same station in St. Louis that you can catch not only the bus but the train. So I'm going to be taking the Texas Eagle train down to San Antonio to meet up with my family.
1: And there's a lot to see of the country between there. Exactly. So take the scenic route.
0: Exactly the scenic route. It's going to take you know what like 36 hours of travel or something like that.
1: My question is, when you get there,
0: are you bringing your bike with you? You're going to pedal around Texas? <laughs> I could. A folding bike might be a good option for traveling that way. I don't do that a lot. I usually when I get to a place, I either borrow a bike Or or do like a bike share thing. San Antonio has a really good bike share. Like our Louvello system here in town. And sometimes I'm with friends who have a bike that I can borrow. But yeah, I do love to pedal around. Uh, It seems like a great way to explore a community. Not only my own, but when I go visit places too. Uh, So how about you, Nick?
1: I'm also excited for the holidays because of some of the sustainability things that we're trying to get people to think about. That are a little bit outside of the norm. So if we want to keep talking about some tips and tricks. Yeah. Yeah. One of them that I want to lead with um, off of your nice little plug about supporting radio stations for the holidays is thinking about, you know, not buying people things and items, but maybe giving experiences. That's a common tip that we hear a lot, you know, tickets to a theater or an arts event or a festival or something that you're... Loved one enjoys or cares about. Yeah. And, um, your plug got me thinking, you know, why not make a donation to an organization that they care about or that you care about? I love
0: that it too. It could be Forward
1: Radio, it could be LSC, it could yeah. be something
0: else. And some organizations, not Forward Radio, unfortunately, right now, we don't offer this, but some like arts organizations offer programming. Like you could give them a b- ballet show or a theater performance or something like that. And you could add a little donation to that or- arts organization to make it an even bigger gift. Right?
1: Or if you're a Strapped in these times you could always volunteer at that organization oh, kind of it. an in-kind donation
0: yeah oh cool so lots
1: I, of ways to get your juices flowing thinking I, about creative ways to celebrate and
0: honor a, your loved ones what a cool idea like i'm going to give to you the gift of my time mm-hmm. by giving it to an organization that i know you care about or even just simply the gift of your time to somebody else like i love these little gift certificates sometimes you give to friends like you know an evening out you know something like that that's uh, a good one
1: you can you can uh, make a little coupon book yeah i'll, I'll dd you or yeah. i'll wash your car or sit for your pet or <laughs> whatever it happens to be
0: another cool experience is to give somebody the gift of some kind of class
1: mm, i like it education it, it could is, be a
0: skill building class education is
1: a gift that keeps on giving yeah
0: right? or it could be something really fun for example my wife just gave me the gift of learning how to curl you know about curling, the Olympic sport? I heard of we curling. have a
1: curling club here in Louisville. We have the Derby City <laughs> Curling
0: Club. So every time the Winter Olympics comes around, I'm always like trying to imagine doing it on ice and what it feels like to like move this 45-pound piece of granite down the ice and knock into other pieces of granite. And so the Derby City Curling Club offers two-hour classes, and you can go and learn how to curl. And it, what a cool thing to do, right? Just give that kind of a gift to somebody.
1: Don't Give too many people the idea you might have a lot of competition out there. (laughs) Get a bunch of curlers going on here in Louisville. Right, exactly. Sometimes, maybe, uh, you know, if there is a situation where you do want to give a physical object to somebody, we're not saying don't do that if the situation is right. But I think you can still try to make it as sustainable as possible. Obviously, buying locally. Uh, reducing the carbon footprint, keeping those dollars local right. is important. And at the end of the day, not saying we love it, but if you have to order it on Amazon or it comes in the mail, <laughs> one of my favorite tips is to try to use the packaging that came with it to wrap it. Oh yeah. A lot of times, let's say we buy something bulky like a blender or a toaster, or it comes in its box and it's in a second box that they ship it. You can use that box to wrap it there and you then go. they stuff it with that brown paper.
0: There you go. That people
1: just throw away or hopefully recycle, but I like to take it out, smooth it out, and then use that as wrapping paper. Yeah, throw some twine on it, and it's got a nice classic rustic look.
0: Yeah, and
1: uh, so they basically sent you the packing materials for free,
0: right? Or you could draw you that on that, rustic decorate it brown, brown paper, it. decorate it yourself, and then when you're done, recycle or compost it. Absolutely, yeah. You know that at the end of the day, when everybody's opened their presents, you don't have to have a mound of landfill waste, right? You could think of it as a pile of stuff i could reuse next year save those ribbons or whatever but also you know things like gift bags instead of wrapping then you don't have to tear it open and destroy it yeah a whole bunch of ways that we can think about like if we're giving a physical object like you say how we package it so that it doesn't have to mean a pile of waste i love that idea about shopping local too and i think i've seen a lot of things here in louisville that are encouraging local shopping during the holidays have you noticed some of that
1: yeah if you don't mind i'd love to plug the Louisville Independent Business Alliance. They've got great resources, uh, markets, and special events to focus on shopping locally and tours and things like that. So go on the Liba website and get on their uh, buy local guide. And that's a way to kind of make your consumerism at least a little more local and and sustainable for the city.
0: Yeah. I was out of town for the Thanksgiving holiday, but I believe they put on a South Louisville and and a West Louisville Mm -hmm. uh, Liba event during Black Friday, was it, or Saturday or something after Thanksgiving.
1: Yes. Small Business Saturday. Small I Business think. Saturday. Thank
0: mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love those things. And I know they're doing like a, a 4th Street Market, too, uh South 4th Street businesses. I think the one this week was canceled due to weather. Oh, but bummer. they'll
1: have some derby markets back in the spring. Okay. So just check their website and socials would be the best way to yeah. keep apprised of those events. Louisville
0: Independent Business Alliance, LIBA. And then there were things like Bardstown Road to Glow, you know, like all those local businesses uh, sort of putting their wares out and, and doing special events to attract you to shop. love. I love that. It's so much more satisfying an experience for the shopper than I don't know more screen time online, like scrolling through. <laughs> Who wants that? <laughs> That's just no fun. I got a question for you. Yes, when you're yes.
1: picturing these uh trees and coupons and gift cards and things that we're giving to our loved ones, um, <laughs> our I mean our presents and they're under the tree. Are you picturing a plastic tree? Ooh, or a real great bark and great needles, branches tree.
0: Great question. This the- is
1: one I've kind of heard different opinions in the. <laughs> (laughs) Sustainability, yeah, because the plastic trees can be reused year over year, but they're made of plastic. They're made of plastic. (laughs) (laughs) They're made of fossil fuels at the end of the day, and you have to have space to store them and all that. Whereas the real trees, you know, they can be harvested in more or less sustainable ways. So, kind of probably depends
0: on where you're sourcing it from. Absolutely. But what
1: what would be your take on that? Is there a better route, or does it depend on the person's
0: situation? Right, it depends on the person's situation. I don't think there is. This is kind of like the paper or plastic, which is better, argument. Um, Bring your own bags. For, is for, right. for, for, yeah, the for right shopping, bring your own bags is the real solution, <laughs> or buy less. But yeah, I mean right if one was to invest in an artificial tree that they were going to use for decades fine i don't know that that happens a lot they're kind of cheaply made sometimes and they sort of fall apart or they start looking dingy and people throw them out after a few years there's no way to recycle them right so they are ultimately going to be landfill trash you got to keep that in mind i'm sure they make ones that are like high tech with lights built into them that you know have got like all kinds of toxins in there and you know those lights are going to fail at some point and you're gonna have to throw the whole thing out so i'm not a big fan of those kinds of things and you know what i haven't honestly done a lot of research into artificial trees have you ever seen if they make any out of like a recycled material i don't know but if they do that sounds like you just got a business idea right you know we need to create more markets for recycled products you know we we all want to recycle we put our recyclables out on the curb but if there's no market for Mm. that material like someone who's making artificial trees right then there is no effective system of recycling so that's the kind of thing i would support but i do see value in christmas tree industry you know you can think of it as an agroforestry solution obviously you could you can grow anything in a very unsustainable manner right we, you could <laughs> you could also wild harvest things in an unsustainable manner so yeah who wants a christmas tree that was grown with a lot of agrochemicals and maybe abusive land practices or labor practices on the farm like that's sketch but trees as they grow pull carbon out of the atmosphere and if we don't landfill that tree when we're done we turned it into mulch or compost and keep it above ground then we, we're not creating the methane problem when you put organics in a landfill so I feel pretty good about you know going down to the waterfront and buying a, a real tree I love the smell of real trees uh, I think that's a very special thing about the holidays kind of
1: bringing it's time bring, we are not outside a lot bringing nature weather, inside you're bringing the nature inside yeah I think it helps there's, keep
0: you connected to the earth I think there's a value to that and you can do cool things with your trees when you're done with them if they're real <laughs> and you don't have to landfill them the city does a good job of collecting them as yard waste. Uh, there's a, they do a special drive. Put your tree out on the curb and we'll, we'll yard waste collect it, which means we'll <clears throat> mulch it or compost it. I've heard of cool things where old trees are used to create fish habitat. Yeah. Maybe even here in Jefferson County. I think they did that at McNeely Lake. That sounds right. There's a park that has a lake where people do a lot of fishing. And they were gathering trees to put them down at the bottom of that lake for good fish habitat. So there's arguments for doing it that way.
1: Well, we don't have to settle it today if nope. it's plastic versus. No. A real tree but
0: <laughs> let me quickly reintroduce you uh, my guest today here on the show is Nick Johnson he's program manager for the Louisville Sustainability Council you can learn more about them at Council.org, and we will talk a lot about what's coming up with LSC but we want to wrap up our holiday conversations and, uh, and just have a few more greener tips for you, I want, you? I want
1: to throw my third way with oh, the trees okay. into the mix if you're uh, decorating your house plants? for an old... oh, actually that might be even better I didn't think about it House plants are the new pets, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in my situation, living in a relatively humble size bungalow in the yeah. Saint Joseph neighborhood near U of L, I don't have a lot of space to spare. So, right. whether it's a real tree or a fake tree, it's going to take up a lot of space. Yeah. Uh, transporting it in the city and things like that it's just sometimes easier to not have to deal with it so what i've found is a nice solution take a strand of energy efficient led lights that don't pose as much fire hazard Ooh. and tack them onto the wall in kind of a zigzag shape Ooh. getting narrower at the top so it makes kind of a tree
0: yeah, shape make your and then own you, can light hang, tree. you can
1: hang your ornaments on the little wires oh, that is so, cute. so you have a nice two-dimensional tree <laughs> up against the wall i love it that doesn't take up any space <laughs> And I also have one small wall that's painted with that paint that's like a chalkboard, so I can write Christmas
0: messages or draw a little tree Um, or decorate that. And and if my gift to you wasn't a new toaster, but was a gift certificate for a class or something like that, then I could actually put my two-dimensional gift under your (laughs) two-dimensional tree. I love it. (laughs) The third way. I love it. All right. Let's talk food and cooking. Um, We all love the food at the holiday season, but man, it can be really unsustainable, right?
1: Oh, you're you're <laughs> gonna be preaching to the choir on this one. You eat mostly a vegetarian diet, right? Yeah,
0: vegan at home, vegetarian out and about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So that can always be challenging, depending on who's hosting. Yeah, yeah. But also a great reason to uh, be prepared and bring your own <laughs> if you need to,
0: or have that conversation with the host. Oh. Maybe you, maybe they just need a little help and guidance about how to prepare a delicious, balanced vegetarian meal.
1: Well, and that's the beauty of a potluck. There's a lot of yeah. organizations and friendsgiving type things and get together that. that are potlucks and you can bring something that works for you and maybe there's someone else there who wants it as well. Love that. And um, that's also a great opportunity to bring an excuse to bring your own utensils to not yeah. have to use disposables. Um, and I never leave home without a spare Tupperware container because yes. there's always leftovers. There's
0: always leftovers. Man, so I've been to so many holiday parties lately where the host was just like, please take some of this stuff home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, bring your own containers to take it home in and bring the tools you need for the day. You know you're going to eat if you're going to a holiday party right and if it's the kind of place where they tend to be throwing stuff out you know disposable plates and forks and all that well yeah if you bring your own and just wash it up or bring it home in a plastic bag and wash it at home then you don't have to lead this wasteful life right during the holidays even even at this time of year there's good ways to do it anything else you want to wrap up the greener holiday tips section with
1: everybody has their own way to celebrate i think just keeping that perspective that everything we do impacts each other and the planet is probably the most important. important lesson to keep in mind right everyone's situation is going to be different but there's all kinds of resources online if you've got a question about how to do meal prep or gift giving or travel yeah it's a lot of resources
0: and shout out to our colleagues patty payette and brian barnes their show critical thinking for everyone just a week or so ago they did a show about green holiday tips as well so if you want more of that check out our archives at forwardradio.org all right, let's move on to what's going on with the Louisville Sustainability Council. You will just celebrated the 10th anniversary,
1: right? Yeah, partially thanks to you. I definitely want to give uh, credit where credit is due and thank all of the uh, folks who were involved in the organization up to this point, especially yeah. the Bingham Fellows class that founded us. Yeah. That was a class of 2010, and we were actually incorporated as an organization in 2012. So this year, we've been celebrating our 10-year
0: anniversary and really hoping that the next 10 years is even brighter. And thanks to you and the others for inviting some of us back from the Bingham Fellows group. We had a nice gathering. It was back at Leadership Louisville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about some things that are going on right now with the grant program. You all have had great success with this recently, right? Tell our listeners about the. Is it no longer called mini-grants? What are we calling it?
1: Yeah, I've heard mini-grants and (laughs) micro-grants. I think uh, community grants. Community grants. Community grants. Um, I want to say this at the beginning and the end, because it's the most important part, but the 2023 grant cycle is open now. Deadlines for applications are March 1st, 2023. March 1st. And plenty of information on our website there, more than we can talk about in a single conversation. But as you were saying earlier, with the goal of the LSC being to give opportunities for individuals and groups to work on sustainability projects so that we're not trying to control the work ourselves, but letting the community do the work that they know needs to be done and know how they know how to do it the best. Yeah. The grants are a way to help empower that. Hmm. So we've had all kinds of different grant recipients. I won't name individual organizations, but some of the categories are everything from uh, like natural conservation, food systems and accessibility. I really love the intersection of activism via mm-hmm. art, sustainability yeah. and art, education and environmental literacy, renewable energy green spaces and canopies, waste diversion, the list goes on. Lots of people that want to get involved. Lots of great work happening in Louisville. And we just have to bring the
0: resources to bear on that issue. So people can donate now to support these grants too, right? If you're in the season of giving.
1: Yeah, feel free to shoot us an email if you've got an organization or a business that wants to be a partner or a sponsor, or if they just want to donate as an individual um, and allocate it to to that program. If they want to put a note in there, I'd love to see this go to a grant program for somebody who's got a great idea and just needs to get their feet off the ground. We have so much more demand for this in the city than we can meet at this point. Oh, right, right. Yeah, which, I mean, we'd love to meet it all, but it's a good problem (laughs) to have that there's so (laughs) many people that want to do this kind of work. We've had over 70 applicants for the grant program. Program, wow. Over $300,000 in requested support. So wow. Hopefully, we'll get to that one day. Yeah. <laughs> Our goal is to go from we're able to fund about 7% of that and trying to get up to about 25% as far as the fundraising goes. So, we're looking forward to see what applications come through during this grant cycle and then processing yeah. those and then seeing what great work people go out to the community and are able to execute. And who can apply for these grants? Pretty
0: much anybody, right?
1: Yeah, we've had individuals and organizations yeah. apply. The Businesses detail, details are, I, I'm not sure on that off the top okay. of my head. Uh, details are on the website would be the best place to go to look at that application Mm -hmm. and always shoot us an email if you've got a question if you qualify or not Mm -hmm. yeah. but you've got a little bit of time but don't let the holidays slip away (laughs) because time goes quick so I want to reiterate that March 1st 2023 is that deadline.
0: Well, maybe you have a little more downtime during this holiday season when you could think about. And while I'm while on the train, while you're I on the train be, to Texas, could be composing my grant. It's probably not like an NSF grant kind of application here, right? Like I'm just describing what my plan is and maybe my partners, right? You're really looking for people who are bringing partners together, I imagine.
1: Really, there's a lot of different types of uh, ways people can approach this. Okay. What we're looking for at the end of the day is trying to increase environmental literacy resources. Mm-hmm. And offer support and mentorship mm. for communities that don't traditionally have access to that. And um, we have a particular emphasis, not exclusively, but a strong emphasis on investing in those low and middle income communities nice. and communities of color that are often frontline communities that are the most impacted by environmental injustices. Right. And they sometimes have the least access to resources, but the most capacity to know what needs to be done and the ability to make that happen. So we really want to put the dollars you know, behind the, the words for Super. supporting that community.
0: That's awesome. So think about getting one of these community grants through the Louisville Sustainability Council. Deadline to apply is coming up March first, and then they're awarded uh, later in the spring. Is it?
1: Yeah, there, there's a whole committee that will go through the yeah. process. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't tell you exactly when the checks will come in the right. mail, but um, you'll get that information as an applicant. Awesome.
0: And let's talk about another fantastic program that just had resounding success in 2022: the Solar Over Louisville campaign. This actually. As he mentioned at the top, this goes way back in a sense, but 2022 was totally different. Well, it's always fun to talk
1: about solar on a gloomy overcast yeah. day when we're recording. <laughs> we such so a gloomy week. Fingers crossed for when this goes to air. Maybe yeah. you'll look out your window and it'll be a nice, beautiful, sunny day here in Sunshine Bright, <laughs> right. in my old Kentucky home. <laughs> yeah, solar over Louisville, 22 program just closed, and I'll talk about the 2023 program here in a little bit. But oh, the origin, nice. this is when I first got involved. We had a kind of initial iteration of solar over Louisville in 2015-16. Uh, and it looked a little different back then. We definitely got our, our foot in the door and started talking about it. But being able to reprise this program with the great community partners that we had this year really brought it to a new level. And we had some huge success that I want to talk about. For yeah, totally. I want to get people excited about what we were able to do this year so yeah. that they'll be ready to get their applications in for the, yeah. for the cycle next year.
0: And this before you dive in, I mean, this the idea here is to sort of lower the bar for people, whether they're homeowners, business owners, nonprofits who own a space, whatever. If you have a roof. And you've always thought about, well, could I put solar on it? You can obviously go out and try and do that on your own, either DIY or by, you know, contacting local installers. But the Solar over Louisville campaign was really trying to lower that bar for participation, right?
1: Yeah, there's a couple components to it. It's technically a solarized campaign. We didn't use that terminology, but at the end of the day, it's a solarized campaign. Which has Um, been
0: done elsewhere. You know, this isn't just Louisville, right? mm
1: -hmm. This is a a model that uh, exists nationally. And we're trying to you know adapt it for Louisville specifically and we've had some great success with it but part of it like you said is just exposure and knowledge getting right. people thinking about solar getting them a free estimate for whether or not their property business or home is a good candidate for it. And part of it is about cost savings. By doing a Solarize campaign, it's actually a bulk buying program that can offer up to a 19% discount wow. off of what you would pay just going you know, on, on the market. On the open market.
0: market on your own. yeah. Right.
1: So you take that 19%, and then on top of that, the 30% federal tax credit. And you're looking at almost half off, if you want to think wow. about it in those kind of terms. Every case is different. And you should definitely talk to your installer and run the numbers yourself. But this is a big incentive, financial incentive, to get people over that barrier. And part of that is also increasing access to solar for people who maybe think they can't afford it or think that it's only for people with big houses or rich people or breaking down those stereotypes and misconceptions because solar works in Kentucky. And if anything, it can have more impact on people who need to pay less for their bills and are are more constrained and don't want to be uh, put out by energy prices because we know what direction those are going. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, solar works anywhere there's sun, (laughs) right? But when people say solar doesn't work in Kentucky, which is is an old myth I heard of way back in the day. What they were getting at, I think, is that economically it's not you know a slam dunk. Like it would cost too much back in those days to install a system. It would take too long to pay off by reducing your energy bill. Uh, and that may have been true decades ago when solar was more expensive, but the costs of installing solar have gone way down. And this is even before you look at the
1: externalities that you're paying for with fossil fuels right. and that you're reaping from alternatives. Yeah. And uh, people think about the weather. Like we said, this is kind of a gloomy day, but that's also a bit of a misconception. Louisville has similar climate and was it latitude, I guess, to Germany, which is one of the leaders in installed renewables. Right. And they've had days that are like over 50% or maybe even more than that.
0: Of generation coming from, from solar. solar. Yeah, yeah. So
1: wow, if they can do it, it, you know, that shows that it's not a physical problem. It's right. not a problem with the the weather or the climate or the environment as right. far as the solar resources we're getting. We've got that in Kentucky. We just need the policies and we need to
0: move in the right direction. The other thing I think that holds people back is this idea about focusing on perfection about it. Like, oh, I shouldn't do solar unless I can do 100% mm. solar. Right. And there's no reason to think that way. Any amount of solar is good. Right. And everyone's
1: uh, situation is going to be different, the size of their roof, how many trees they have, how big their demand is. Um, And trying to meet 100% is not always realistic. Right, right. But just like with all things consumerism, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Small steps are still steps. Yeah,
0: absolutely. We're talking today about the Louisville Sustainability Council and specifically about their Solar Over Louisville program with Nick Johnson. He's a program manager at the LSC. You can learn more about them and about the upcoming 2023 Solar Over Louisville campaign at louisvillesustainabilitycouncil.org. So how many people ended up getting solar in 2022 through the program?
1: This is quite a drum roll for us. (laughs) We've had 92 contracts Wow by the end of the year. 92 mm-hmm.
0: different properties. We were
1: hoping for around 50, stretch goal of 100, and we wow. almost hit that. And this is on, I want to emphasize, our first year. Yeah. So it's just going to grow from here.
0: That's awesome.
1: So 92 contracts, and uh, that's people who are getting physical panels on their roofs. So it's not talking about it, thinking about it, sitting in rooms doing presentations. Those are climate change reduction machines going yeah. on roofs in Jefferson County and other counties around the area, in the Louisville area.
0: And that's just a tiny fraction of the people who expressed interest in the program. The
1: 92 is the number who are actually committed to the project and getting those installs. But we had a huge outpouring of people just expressing their interest. We had over 1,300 signups. Wow. Just to get their name in the hat and get that free assessment to yeah. see if they were a good candidate for solar or not. Wow. So if you've ever thought about it and weren't sure how to go about it, who to talk to, you know, afraid of getting conned or scammed, this is a, a reliable, legit program partnered with Louisville Metro Government where you can get a free assessment to even see if you should spend your time thinking about mm-hmm. solar. If your house is where your business is a good candidate.
0: And this is really putting us on the map, because even, you know, as I mentioned, there's other solarized campaigns around the nation, but this is like the third largest one in the U.S., right? Yeah, we've
1: got some uh, data from Rocky Mountain Institute, and for 2022, we were the third largest solarized campaign in the U.S., and that's Louisville, Kentucky, folks, if you didn't miss that.
0: (laughs) Wow. And so it's growing in 2023. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what's going to happen next year.
1: Going to try to beat the stats we had this year. We're (laughs) looking at over 800 kilowatts of installed capacity capacity and almost half a meg of storage installed a lot of people are interested in storage which is a big thing for grid reliability Mm. and being able to accommodate renewables in the future so we had over 500 kilowatt hours of storage installed so that's that's important component as well don't think that you have to get storage right i don't
0: have it in my house but yeah
1: it can be a cost barrier to some so i don't want people to think they have to but it can be an important part of a resilient grid if we think about it in those kind of macro terms Mm Um, and in total, we're looking at nearly $3 million of contracts that's just amazing. from this year. So we wow. want everybody to who didn't have a chance this year or wasn't <laughs> quite in the right place to get on board for 2023 because we're going to do it again.
0: Yeah. Now, if I signed up in 2022, am I still sort of in the hopper? Or what happens to everybody who signed up and didn't end up with a contract? Do we start over? We're,
1: I'm not exactly sure where that's okay. going to go because uh, the way this program is structured, and I want to lead this off by thanking all of our partners because this was a big effort, not just the LSC um, but Sustainability Council helped to get the word out. But we also really appreciate the help from Louisville Metro Government. The Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability really led the charge on this. We couldn't have done it without them. Um, and the Kentucky Solar Energy Society as well yeah. has um, kind of provided that that technical know-how about yeah. how, to, how to do a solarized campaign like this. Um, and we want to shout out our installer for 2022 was Solar Energy Solutions. Yeah, a um, local they company. They're in Lexington, I think, yep. but a Kentucky company. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good to work with them. But what I'm getting here with uh, with the transition is that we don't know who the installer is going to be for the 2023 campaign yet. Going through the Louisville Metro Government Office means that there's a, a, bid, bid a bidding process, process yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. So there's a request for proposal out right now. If anybody's listening and has a solar company and wants to get their name in the ring, oh yeah, I just want to mention that um, that the RFP is out and the window for that closes January 6th. Okay. For the for the um
0: Installer, Request for proposal yeah.
1: for the installers. Now, applications for residents and business owners will be open in late February. Okay. So we don't have the exact date yet. That's why you should follow us on socials and yeah. get on our newsletter. Yeah. But keep your eye peeled for late February, and then that campaign will go through the spring and summer. So you'll have plenty of time to get your your name in the hat. And I I guess what I was getting at was I'm not sure if folks were involved in this campaign or not, depending on the new installer if. I There's, got you. You're going to have to talk right. to a new company about the process for their specific property. Okay. But we'll hold your hand and work, you know, work you through all of yeah. that. <laughs> That's what this is for. This is about offering a reputable option for people who don't know where to begin just going on the open market and avoiding getting into a bad situation yeah. with somebody trying to, to scam you or lead you down the wrong path. Because yeah. we want to create a good name for solar in Kentucky. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned the Kentucky Solar Energy Society. I know they're excited about expanding solarized campaigns to places like Lexington as well, right?
1: That's right. I think Lexington has done a solarized campaign before, but not mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. So um, they were pretty encouraged, I guess, by the resounding the success, success that we've yeah. had here in Louisville. So they're going to be opening up a solarized campaign kind of based off of our model, um, finding those best practices that work well here in Kentucky and southern Indiana. want to include our friends across the river as well. Absolutely. A regional campaign. So Lexington will be doing that and then we're hoping that other cities will get on board in the coming years and we can kind of grow this model out to uh, statewide here in louisville we were really successful by having a more equitable campaign the national and state averages and like I was saying earlier, that's really important to break down some of the stereotypes about who solar is for, who right. can afford it, who it benefits. So we had a really intentional attempt to get access to communities that don't traditionally have access. Um, so we had really good success compared to the national averages mm-hmm. um, as far as low middle income solar in- consumers, I guess, mm-hmm. customers and yeah. communities
0: of color as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And do you know about the federal subsidy? You mentioned that 30% is, is still covered by the federal government. you know if the Biden administration is, is continuing that or expanding it? Yeah, originally that was set to scale down, I think, after this year yeah. to like
1: it from 30 to t- maybe 21 right, or something right. like that. But I, be- I believe it was part of the new big bill, the big <laughs> <laughs> the inflation big reduction bill. act. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was, I'm not a federal law expert. I, th- <laughs> I think it was part of that, that, um, okay. that the 30% has been continued. I don't know exactly for how long. That's but awesome. Yeah, that's a huge benefit to get that federal tax credit yeah. for your solar panels. And, you know, prices of solar panels are just going down and prices of energy are just going up. Yep. So yep. there's no better time than now because your return on investment, you know, depends on how long you have it. So get it today.
0: And honestly, people, the planet can't wait. There's lots of things you can invest your money in, whether it's the stock market, good Lord, why would you do that? Or like a renovation of your bathroom or a new vehicle or God knows what. But honestly, if you want something that's going to start paying dividends today and will pay dividends every single day that the sun shines, right? Solar is it, man. It is such a wise place, put your money on your roof and, and you'll guaranteed returns and get us ready for this global climate crisis. It is it's crazy for us to continue just like, ah, maybe someday I'll get around to it. This is the time to invest your money in the kind of future we want, one that is powered by the current account of the sun instead of the ancient account of buried sunlight in the form of fossil energy, right? That is a crazy way to live, and we have so many better options. So look for the Solar Over Louisville campaign with applications opening up in late February at LouisvilleSustainabilityCouncil.org. Well, gosh, we're running out of time. We have so many other things to talk about. Let's talk about quickly the summit. I know you all put on an amazing Louisville Sustainability Summit every year. You want to talk about what happened in 2022 and what we're thinking about for next year?
1: Yeah, the summit is sort of our um, flagship conversation. Let's bring everyone to the table in Louisville, all those disparate parts you were talking about, academia, government, private individuals, nonprofits, everybody to the table. So uh, unfortunately, we had to be virtual this year, which, you know, we're really hoping to get back to an in-person summit next year. Um, But we still had 125 attendees, which for how Zoom burned out people are right (laughs) now, I think is pretty good. good. So we heard from Douglas Edwards of Humana, you know, big tenant here in Louisville and speaking on how sustainability and health equity issues impact their bottom line and how Mm -hmm. important it is to keep people healthy and how much the environment affects that. Mm -hmm. Um, We also, we had two primary panels. Uh, one of them was kind of the business case for a sustainable future and we heard from Edelin renewables which is doing yeah. great great work with solar energy and yeah. renewable energy in kentucky app harvest is a big player in the sustainable agriculture space uh Louisville habitat for humanity nice. some people might not traditionally think about housing as you know having a real tight intersection with sustainability but right. um a lot of the reason that a lot of people become homeless is that they can't afford their utility bills. So looking at alternative energy and letting people take control over their own energy production and reducing their bills can be a great way to help the planet and to help their bottom line so that they're able to stay in housing. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we were able to tie that intersection together and we had a panelist from an architectural firm that's doing really cool green design stuff as well. And the second panel that I've heard resounding reviews (laughs) about was the uh, intersection of art and sustainability. Yeah, very cool. hearing from folks from all the way from Bernheim to Fun for the Arts. Studio Spores doing really cool stuff with with fungus and mycelium. It's so neat. And uh, Louisville Visual Arts. So um, that was a great opportunity. We're going to explore that more in the coming years. So if you miss the summit, you'll have other opportunities to get involved with some of that art and sustainability. Sort of the ways that we talk about sustainability in the planet.
0: Yes. And I know one of the events that you love to participate in is green drinks. Raise a glass. What are you trying to say, Justin? I'm not saying you have a drinking problem. You do it socially. We have a drinking opportunity. (laughs) A drinking opportunity, right? Tell us about green drinks, and there's one coming up. Yeah,
1: green drinks is pretty self-explanatory. It's green and it's drinks.
0: (laughs) So we always like to have... The drinks don't have to be green, but they could be. Say They could be sustainable or actually
1: green. It's your call. It's your call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we like to do these either at a local location that has something inherently sustainable. Maybe it's oh, yeah. solar panels on the roof, or you know, a brewery that uses sustainable practices in their operations, water recovery, or Ooh, you know, yeah. you name it. It could be business practice or the physical plant itself. And sometimes we just host these at a fun location to go to, and then have a special guest speaker speaking about sustainability. Justin has spoken yes, at a green drinks before, always so enjoy it. Yes. he knows all about it. It's a fun event. It's very casual, free, open to the public, not ticketed, anything like that. Yeah. And we try to do these at least Every other month, sometimes every month. So our next one is going to be December 21st. Wednesday the 21st. Awesome. 6 p.m. at uh Wessex Nulu. Oh, cool. And we will be talking about uh, what the LSC has been up to this year. Okay. So if you missed part of this conversation or want to learn more, it'll be a yeah. great opportunity. It, not only learn about us, but it's networking, happy hour, uh, socializing, and just celebrating our successes as well. Yeah. It's really important.
0: Awesome. And then Green Convene is another awesome event held less frequently throughout the year, right?
1: Yeah, and we don't have one currently planned for 2023. I'm still getting that up and running. But in 2022, we were able to, over the summer, run a volunteer fair that oh, was yeah. a lot of fun out on the waterfront yeah a couple dozen organizations uh nonprofits and such come out to the waterfront and um just kind of pitch what they're able to offer the community and let people shop around and see who Recruit they would like
0: volunteers to, like yeah. to get
1: involved with i think that was a really good fit after covid yeah. to get people back out in person so we're hoping to do that again a volunteer fair and then also looking at some kind of a sustainable business fair as well oh neat you know whether that's business to business relationships yeah. or getting consumers connected with the businesses and kind of the holiday tips we were talking about yeah. earlier keep those dollars local year round yeah let businesses know that sustainability is something that people are voting with their dollars for
0: yeah that's awesome well, we're down to our last minute, so I want to give you that minute to let our listeners know how they can get involved in the Louisville Sustainability Council. There's many different ways, right? A lot
1: of information coming at you, so I'd encourage you to get on the website and, pencils out. and check it out. <laughs> LouisvilleSustainabilityCouncil.org Louisville is our homepage. We've got a great presence on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even LinkedIn for Yeah, looking at the more professional side there of things. You go. If you have any specific questions, you can hit info at LouisvilleSustainabilityCouncil.org. And just shoot us your ideas, suggestions, questions. If you want to be a partner, a volunteer, there's a million ways to get involved. And we want to have everybody in on the conversation.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being in on the conversation with me today here on Sustainability Now. Nick, it's been such a pleasure to finally sit down with you and talk through some of these things. I wish you a very warm and green holiday season. Thank you for hosting and thank you
1: for helping found the LSE. Yeah. Justin you bet. is somebody that we couldn't have done it without. <laughs> it takes a village.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Stay tuned, everybody. Coming up in just a second, I got your community action calendar for this week. You don't have to wait for the next green drinks on December 21st. You can take action for sustainability right now. So stay tuned, my friends.
1: Guantanamera, guagira, Guantanamera, yo soy un hombre sincero, de donde crece la palma, yo
0: soy un hombre sincero. We are back here on Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg. I hope you've got your pencils sharpened and your calendars out and are ready to get active for sustainability on this festive week, including Tuesday, December 13th. Man, it is hot. It is loaded for sustainability this week. And it all starts off at 10 a.m. with a tree planting hosted by Trees Louisville at Watson Lane at the Louisville Loop. They need volunteers to lead a group in planting 21 trees at the Louisville Loop entrance off of Watson Lane lane in the Riverport neighborhood. If you're interested in helping out with that tree planting on Tuesday, get in touch with Morgan at treeslouisville.org. And then on Thursday, the 15th, they're going to be doing a planting on Bardstown Road. Some of those brand new tree wells that I'm so excited to see installed along Bardstown Road from 10 a.m. to noon. They need help planting four large trees in the new tree wells. And again, you can contact Morgan at treeslouisville.org to help out with that. They'll also be doing Doing more plantings on the 20th and the 21st also on Tuesday the 13th at 5 30 p.m. there's going to be a mobility meetup at the B.A. Colonial across from Iroquois Park at 818 West Kenwood Drive you can join the Taylor New Cut Network for a meet and greet with Prosper Preston and Streets for People at the BA Colonial to build relationships, share traffic safety advocacy best practices, and discuss 2023 state-level traffic safety legislation. Light appetizers will be provided and beverages available for purchase. Streets for People is part of a local coalition of safe street advocacy groups that will be getting together. The focus Tuesday night will be on state-level advocacy around legislation to finally legalize automated traffic enforcement like so many cities and states have across the country which greatly reduces speeding and running of red lights that we see all the time right here in louisville and it is so dangerous and simply because we don't have enough police officers out on the street well why don't we legalize some automated traffic enforcement so we'd love to see you there to help uh, organize for advocating for this more details are at Streets. FourPeople.Org, people.org. And again, it's five thirty to six 30 at the BA colonial across from the Iroquois park amphitheater. Also, coming up on Tuesday, the 13th at 6 p.m., it's another uh, Project Warm Energy Saving Workshop. This last one of the season is taking place at Ujima Neighborhood Place from 6 to 7 p.m. These workshops are designed to help you lower your LGE bills by reducing your energy use without sacrificing comfort. They also touch on reducing water use, and hands on training is provided, including learning how to cover your windows with clear interior plastic. This is a major energy saver for virtually any home. And every participant will receive free supplies. You'll get a bag full of those supplies to do these actions in your home. You can learn more and register at projectwarm.org. Also on Tuesday, you're going to have to pick one. There's too much going on Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. It's a solidarity medicine making at the Louisville Grows Healthy House, 1641 Portland Avenue. Have you been curious about herbal medicine? Would you like to learn how to make herbal preparations to take care of yourself and your family? Well, join us for this solidarity medicine making event brought to you by Herbalists Without Borders. In this hands on workshop, we will make Make large batches of a variety of herbal remedies while focusing on teaching a wide array of medicine-making skills. These medicines that they craft are used to build the community apothecary, which serves our clinics, self-care kits, and other community events. Bring your dinner and a friend and join us. It's a three-hour event from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Louisville Grows Healthy House on Tuesday evening. And it's pay what you can the fees donated help pay for the supplies needed to be able to fill our apothecary, and you will always get to take home some of what is made. To sign up, you need to go to hwbglobal.org slash donate, give your offering, and comment that it's for the Louisville Solidarity Medicine Making. You can learn more at facebook.com slash Grows. Also on Tuesday at 6 p.m., it's the KY Just Transition Coalition hosting an online environmental and climate justice workshop from A to Z, asthma to zero emissions. Did you know that statistically you are much more likely to live next to a toxic site or polluting industry if you are black, brown, indigenous or poor? Well, that is not coincidence. That is environmental racism. How does environmental racism intersect with climate change? The fight for climate justice is not just to save the polar bears. It's a fight for our health, safety, and future. Join us as we explore the history of the environmental justice movement, the ways the early climate movement got it wrong, and how the climate crisis impacts all of us, but especially our already marginalized and vulnerable communities. Hosted by the Kentucky Just Transition Coalition, a cross-sector coalition of of Kentucky organizations fighting for a just transition to a clean, safe future for all of us. Learn more and register at mobilize.us KFTC and then click on environmental justice there. That's mobilize.us slash KFTC and click on environmental justice for the Tuesday 6 p.m. online environmental and climate justice workshop. Also on Tuesday the 13th at 7 p.m., It's Kentucky Voices, a Kentucky Conservation Committee benefit event taking place online paused. During the pandemic, this annual evening with authors and artists is back to highlight Kentucky's creative talent and to benefit the Kentucky Conservation Committee and its mission. We hope you will join us for a fun virtual evening on the 13th. We're featuring two great authors and one special surprise. Alan Mayman of Twilight in Hazard and William Turner, author of The Harlan Renaissance. Plus, a sneak peek of an upcoming screening about Cherokee State Park. This event is a member benefit and is also to encourage new and renewing members to help us raise essential funds in preparation for the upcoming legislative session in 2023. Learn more and get tickets at kyconservation.org. Finally, the last thing to mention on Tuesday the 13th, at 7pm you can join Louisville showing up for racial justice for their monthly meeting on how cash bail works and why it needs to go. It's online from 7 to 8.30pm. L-Surge's December monthly meeting will focus on the way cash bail works and the way we can end it. Please join the work of this life-saving campaign. Come bring your energy, commitment, and your understanding that together we can create change. Let's end white silence and continue the work for racial justice. Sign up for the meeting at facebook.com slash surge Louisville, S-U-R-J Louisville, or register at bit.ly, B-I-T slash lsurge meeting. All right, let's move on to Thursday, December 15th. Uh, the Organic Association of Kentucky's early bird discounted registration deadline is coming up for their big conference in January. Register now for the Oak 12, 12th Annual Conference coming up January 26th to 28th at Kentucky State University in Frankfurt. The Oak Conference is a not-to-miss event featuring Kentucky farmers, production deep dives, research highlights, food system innovations, market opportunities, and the Oak Network for three days of learning and growing together. This event is open to all. Take advantage of early bird pricing through the 15th. Register today and join the Oak community in January at KSU's Research and Demonstration Farm. Uh, scholarships are also available if you need that. You can join us for the Oak Conference on Rooted in Resilience Growing Healthy Soils and Opportunities for Kentucky Organics. The conference includes a growing audience of hundreds of Kentuckians and neighbors active in community food systems, farmers, researchers, nonprofits, federal and state agency partners, allied service providers, and conscious consumers working collectively to build a local, resilient, and healthy food system. You can enjoy keynotes, farm tours, and over 30 sessions and six half day pre conference workshops, including year round salad greens, nutrient budgeting, forest farming, marketing with uh, farm marketing guru Corinna Bench, funding opportunities for Kentucky farms with KCARD, and maximizing high tunnels. Learn more and register today at oak ky.org. Now, the other thing to mention that's happening Thursday, the 15th, is at 6 p.m. It's a climate justice conversation dinner happening at the Kentuckians for the Commonwealth's Louisville office, 735 Lambton Street in Smoketown. You're invited to a dinner conversation around climate and energy justice hosted by KFTC's Energy Justice Working Group. Join us for an intimate evening of meaningful connection, reflection and envisioning a bright future for ourselves and for future generations. With ample opportunities on the horizon to support energy justice in Louisville and beyond, we're looking forward to gathering telling stories and collectively beginning to piece together solutions. Dinner with vegetarian options will be provided. Masks are encouraged. All ages are welcome to attend because child care is available upon request. Just reach out to julie at kftc.org if you're interested. More information about Thursday evening's Climate Justice Conversation Dinner is at kftc.org. Now, coming up Friday, December 16th, that's the date of the Americana Community Center's Multi-Faith Winter Festival from 6 to 8 p.m. And it brings joy to families of all faith and wraps up one more year of bringing holistic services to our international community. They provide uh, winter clothes for kids, family portraits, gifts from Santa, winter-themed games and crafts and more. There's several ways you can help out. Uh, You can pitch in with the gift drive. They're seeking donations of winter coats. Hats, gloves, and scarves in all sizes, cologne and perfume, lotion, face masks, and hair masks, uh, basketballs, soccer balls, frisbees, jump ropes, hula hoops, markers, gel pens, notebooks, craft kits, Legos, dolls, and action figures representing indigenous. People of color and black skin tones Please no religious or war-related toys or books And please include batteries where appropriate Donations can be dropped off at Americana Community Center They're located at 4801 Southside Drive Or you can drop them off at the 1020 Craft Brewery on Douglas Loop Through December 15th And you can also volunteer for the event on Thursday the 15th Americana's team is spending the day decorating the building And preparing for the Community Winter Festival the following day and decorating hours on Thursday You can sign up for a shift from 10am to 12.30 Or from 3 to 5 Please email volunteering At americanacc.org To sign up for a decorating shift And on Friday the 16th There are multiple volunteer needs To help the during the day of During Americana's Multifaith Winter Festival On Friday from 6 to 8 Again, email volunteering At americanacc.org If you're interested Now also Fridays at noon in front of LG&E at 220 West Main, LG&E is taking Bernheim Arboretum and Research Forest to court to condemn their property, as you've heard on this show, to construct a high-pressure natural gas transmission pipeline. The court date is January 10th, and Bernheim is using its scarce resources to fight this aggression. Well, you can join up with the weekly protests in front of lg e at 220 West Main at noon. Uh, you can bring your own signs, dress in costume, or just come every Friday at noon in December at 220 West Main. Also, coming up Friday through Sunday, December 16th to 18th, it is One West Winter Wonderland at Shawnee Park from 6 to 10 p.m. each evening a Friday through Sunday. The Winter Wonderland celebration transforms West Louisville's biggest Shawnee Park into a magical bike, walk, or drive through festival featuring over 200,000 lights, musical performances, festive tunes, holiday displays, and more. Please join us for this magical event. They're also seeking volunteers to help set up and staff the event. You can learn more at Facebook.com slash One West Louisville, all spelled out. Now, coming up on Saturday morning, the 17th, there is going to be a tree planting in the Tunerville neighborhood of Old Louisville, and they need your help from 9 a.m. to noon. They will be meeting up starting at 8.30 a.m. in the Chapel of St. Philip Neri at 236 Woodbine Street on the southwest corner of Floyd and Woodbine. Enter on the right side of the chapel facing Woodbine Street. The Old Louisville Neighborhood Council is organizing this planting of 37 street trees in the 1,300 and 1,400 blocks of South Brook Street and adjacent areas. The chapel doors, again, open at 8.30 for sign-in. You can grab a name tag and coffee and donuts and instructions. Work begins at 9 a.m., with 14 neighborhood supervisors directing all the work. Everyone is welcome. For additional information, contact the Old Louisville Visitor Center at 502 635 5244. But just come on out starting at 9 a.m. Sunday morning at a meetup at the St. Philip Neri Chapel at 236 Woodbine Street. Also on Saturday the 17th, it's the Louisville Nature Center's Holiday Open House from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pop on by the Louisville Nature Center to sip on hot chocolate or coffee, snack on sweet treats, uh, peruse their handmade gifts, explore the trails, and join them for a fun craft while supplies last. All are welcome. You can learn more at louisvillenaturecenter.org. There's another tree planting on Saturday the 17th in the afternoon. It's a Phoenix Hill tree planting from 1 to 4 p.m. They're going to be meeting up at Rubel Park there at 667 Barrett Avenue. Louisville Metro Parks invites you to join us for a fun afternoon of tree planting. They'll be planting about 50 trees to make Louisville streets a little greener. Tools and guidance will be provided by the Urban Forestry Team. Groups and families are welcome. In the event of rain, the project will take place on Sunday from 1 to 4, and all signed-up volunteers will be notified. Of any changes in advance. So sign up today using the My Impact app. You can find the link at bestparksever.com or just come on out to Ruble Park, 1 to 4 p.m. on Saturday the 17th to help out with that tree planting. And finally, on Sunday the 18th, it's the Portland Museum Holiday Bazaar from noon to 4 p.m. at the Portland Museum. More information about it is at portlandartfair.com. It's a cozy little local art and craft fair. Families are welcome. It's December. 18th from noon to 4pm at the Portland Museum. And that's all the time we have for today here on Sustainability Now. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to being back in your ears again in one week's time, my friends. Be well.